We're back from a long break and talking about all the cool stuff we've been playing and watching over the past few months in this episode of Cheerful Ghost Radio. Cheerful Ghost Radio is a podcast from the Cheerful Ghost community about interesting stuff in gaming and other various bits of nerdery. Hi, I'm Travis, and I'm joined by... Tim. And John Dodson. And we're back from a much-needed break while we recover from the holidays. It's been a while, so we're going to chat about all the fun things we've been playing and watching and discuss the cool nerdy stuff we got for Christmas. So, Tim, why don't you get us started? It's been, uh, what, about three months since we've talked about what we've been playing. What have you been up to? Okay. Well, um, as far as playing and watching goes, so somebody talked me into picking up Grand Theft Auto V on PlayStation 4 um, while it was on sale. So I have, uh, I've played online uh, once. And uh, other than that, I've actually dived back into the single-player campaign. So this is not the first time I bought Grand Theft Auto V. I bought it originally on the PlayStation 3. Uh, anybody who's been a long-time Cheerful Ghost visitor will probably remember that we set up a crew back in the day. But uh, my save file at the time got corrupted, and so I never actually beat the single-player oh, campaign. No. Yeah, That's so a bad it's game actually been lose your save file for. It really is, <laughs> and I was I was pretty deep into the storyline too. But um, it's been a long enough time that uh, I didn't remember most of what, you know, took place in the game. And I've been having a lot of fun playing through the single player again. Uh, whenever I get a chance, I've been playing Borderlands 3 with a friend. And so we're slowly but surely plugging away our through, you know, our way through the campaign on that one. Um, as far as Borderlands go, I love that series. Three, I don't know if it's a huge step up from two. I never really played the pre-sequel, so I can't compare it to that one. But it's just more Borderlands, and I'm having a lot of fun. I really like the gunner class that I'm playing as right now. And yeah, it's more Borderlands, a lot of fun. So I recently was going through a bunch of boxes that had some of my older games in it. And I decided to hook up my PlayStation 2 again and introduced my kids to Kingdom Hearts. They're big Disney fans, especially my middle child. And so uh, she and I have been kind of taking turns playing through Kingdom Hearts. And it's been kind of fun so far. All right. And that's about it for what I've been playing, except for some of my Christmas loot, which we'll get into later. Okay, John, how about you? Yeah, I got a couple things. Buckle up, kids. Here we go. So... From time to time, I check in on Fortnite to see what's happening with the game and play it a bit. I can't stop doing that Fortnite dance all the time, so I have to keep playing the game and checking it out from time to time because I need to totally embarrass myself as an older adult now. I'm going to be like 40 this year, so every time I do the floss dance, I just look like a complete idiot, and I have to do it, and part of doing it is checking in on the game. Okay, I'm kidding about the dance. I don't... Okay, I know I'm how... going to say, I Go need ahead. a video of yes. this. I was going to I'm say gonna the exact same thing. I need a video of this thing. badly. Please okay. record this and send it to so, us. So true story <laughs> about the floss dance. So my nephews and nieces were doing it, and I was hanging out with them, 
And I'm like, okay, well, I don't know how to do this. So I actually spent time figuring it out because I'll admit it takes a little bit of coordination to get you got to move your hips and your arms and you have to alternate them like you can't do it in the same direction. So I'll admit it takes a little bit of coordination. It took me a while. So I remember when I was learning how to do it, because, again, when your nieces and nephews are into this weird nerd stuff, you got and I feel there's like this crossover. I felt like I kind of had to learn it just, to, you know, just to do it. Um, it was really funny because I was doing it in the house. And my wife was like, you are so lame when I was just practicing it. <laughs> and I'm like, thanks for the support. Really appreciate it. And my Finley thought I was weird. It was so great. He would try to do it. I'm like, you can do it with me and you can do it. He, he wasn't really having it. So uh, maybe I will send you guys a video, but I feel like that would leak and I don't want that. So um, <laughs> I, I would never leak it. Would you, Travis? I have no idea what you're talking about. I would never. Yeah, that would that wouldn't be a thing that accidentally show up on Cheerful Ghost. So back to what I've been playing uh, during the holidays. I thought it would be really cool to check out Fortnite again. Again, I check it out from time to time because the games are short. To me, it feels pretty accessible. So during the holidays, I checked it out and I played it a lot during my holiday break, like a lot, a lot. And I used that time to unlock all the in-game Fortnite holiday stuff. Like you got themed presents. If you just come back every day, you could get an open a new present. Uh, this year was special in that you can unlock some fun holiday themed player characters. And generally, you always have to buy those. You're not, it's not stuff that you can just unlock uh, and they, they give away. So this was a special year. One I got was a, a dude. He's wearing a Christmas tree as camouflage. So this one's actually pretty cool because you can actually hide inside of a bush and you kind of look more bush like. You know what I mean? Um, now, when you're walking around, it's a Christmas tree, obviously a Christmas tree. And then there's another thing that we unlocked, which is a woman who's wearing a mammoth outfit, which is my favorite. All the Christmas tree ones, probably a little bit more like actual camouflage for the game. So anyways, I started out pretty bad at Fortnite, as everyone does. And uh, I'm like, OK, <laughs> to the point of recently, I actually got two victory royales. Um, out of playing like four games in an evening, which is pretty good. So, yeah, like I it's it's really fun to smoke people that have paid more money at, into a game than you haven't. Right. Because I've spent zero dollars on this game and I smoke people that have clearly spent more. And that's a good feeling because, again, it's not in a game like Fortnite. It's not about how much you pay. You don't pay to get better. Um, you pay for skins. So it's been, but it's really fun too. I, I just really enjoyed playing it over the holidays, you know, just having the family in the house and playing a little Fortnite. It was really great. It was a great holiday game. Right now, my preference is to play it on PC because, again, I'm a dinosaur that likes keyboard and mouse. But I'm actually getting a lot better at playing it on Switch, and and I was actually the, got the victory owls on Switch. Those are that's where I win the most. Shockingly enough, I don't know if it's because I think it's because the game pairs you with other Switch players, and maybe the Switch players are just way worse than the PC players or something. I I don't know, but I have a way easier time uh, winning on the Switch. That's for sure. Um, and it's fantastic on both. And one of the nice things about Fortnite on the Switch and the PC is it's the same game. Right. And I think that we're starting to see this cross save functionality. I mean, it's obviously it's a game that runs, you know, it's like an online only game. So that's a thing. But you were seeing this cross save functionality like The Witcher 3 on Switch just got a patch so that you can import your games from GOG or Steam. Right. That's so such have, a cool idea. 
I, I totally agree. So I think that one of the coolest things is for me when I play games like Tale of the White Wyvern, uh, spoiler alert, I wrote that game, but I, like it's the same game on my PC or my phone, which is awesome. And it's the same thing for Fortnite. And now it's the same thing for games like The Witcher 3 and other games. And and I really hope more sort of single player games get this cross save because I love doing that with with games like Fortnite and Obviously Wyvern, but I'm somewhat biased to that. So another game I uh, have been playing as well um, on the Epic Game Store has been Magic the Gathering Arena because it recently came to the Epic Game Store. So I downloaded it and gave it a shot. I think it was all available through the website, but I have the Epic Game Store because I play Fortnite, obviously, and I get a lot of other free games that way. I haven't bought anything through it, but I get a ton of free games. and, And like I said, Fortnite's there, too. So to date, I've never really enjoyed any digital version of Magic the Gathering at all, because I think generally speaking, well, this isn't generally speaking, but Magic the Gathering is a fairly complicated game to play. And if you think about all those rules in the game and try to make a user interface for it, it's real hard. And as such, those games that I played to date have been real bad. And again, I don't doubt I don't. I don't like knock them too much because it's a really hard problem to solve. Magic is a game invented in the 90s with tons of mechanics that have been added on over time. And it's real complicated. So um, to its credit, I would say actually is probably one of the reasons why people love it. But it's real hard to make a digital version for it. That said, Magic the Gathering Arena um, looks to fix all that and make it and really simplify the user interface to a point that like I literally can progress in the game. I, I I remember downloading a version of Magic on my phone and I couldn't get past a certain point because there was some bug or the user interface was so obtuse. I literally could not move on with the with the uh, with the game at all. But uh, Arena is great. And I also have Twitch Prime with my Amazon Prime membership. And so I got a free themed deck through Magic the Gathering Arena. And if you sort of combine that with a few codes I found on a website that they've released, I got quite a few packs. So you start out and you have to have a deck to play Magic the Gathering. So they give you a couple decks for all the colors. Uh, You actually get one per color and the decks and you can unlock more cards and make them more powerful and stuff. And the decks aren't great, but they'll at least allow you to play, right? Because you need a deck. Um, now I haven't made my own deck and I mostly play against bots and occasionally I've played with people, but it's been a lot of fun. And, uh, I like digital card games because they're generally free to try. I've never really felt the need to buy packs. So for me, it's a low barrier to entry and I really enjoy it. If you're looking for just a fun way to play Magic the Gathering, you've got the Epic Games Store, give it a shot. If you've got Twitch Prime as well, go get that free deck code. And even if you don't like redeem it yourself, give it to someone who plays the game because that free deck's pretty, pretty good. Um, the actual money equivalent to buying that in game would be, it's 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 definitely worth uh, free for sure. So um, another game that I've been playing too is Wargroove. So recently I heard about Wargroove, and I reached out to Chucklefish for a review code, and they're nice enough to get me one. So my first formal look on the game is on Cheerful Ghost now, but. I'll say that if you love turn-based strategy games, you loved Advance Wars, Wargroom is something you need to play. It's fairly pick-up-and-play if you're more casual. I I had to lower the difficulty a bit for me, but maybe if you love challenges, it's going to give you that in spades too. But I would say that it... It's perfect on the Switch. You can get it on PC, obviously. So Chucklefish has it on like all the consoles and everything. 
Um, it's not on Mac and Linux yet, but I imagine they'll get it. It's real good. Um, if you, you know, want to buy the physical version, the physical version um, has quite a bit more included. You know, it's like collectors, tchotchkes and stuff. But the digital version, I, which is what I have, is also really good. The story is... Um, I mean, I don't know. It's okay, but it's not like laughably bad or anything like that, but it's fine. It's cool enough to move along with the game. And I kind of like how it progresses. I didn't put this in my review because it wasn't obvious to me at the time, but I think Wargroove is connected to Starbound, actually, which is kind of cool that I think they're in the same universe. So Travis and Tim, you guys played a little bit more Starbound than I did. So in Wargroove, one of the factions is Florian, and I believe that's also one of the races in Starbound. Am I right? It is. Cool. That sounds right, yeah. So Wargroove, I believe, is in the Starbound universe then, <laughs> which is neat, which is kind of cool. At least I think so, So because they have Florian in there. So it's kind of cool. Um, I like this more than I like Starbound, and since I didn't really like Starbound very much, I don't know what that says, but... Uh, Maybe just need to give Starbound another try. I, I tried it in a really early form, and I, it was not my thing. Even though I love Terraria, obviously, very much. Okay, so here you uh, go. Well. According to an official tweet, Starbound and Wargroove share the same universe, with Wargroove set after the events of Starbound. Except for Nuru, nobody else has any knowledge of the events of Starbound. So, you are correct. Officially. Yeah, like I said, I mean, Florians and I mean, it just seemed like it, but that's really neat. And and it's kind of like, you know, Travis and I made Tale of the White Wyvern and our next text game is going to be in the same universe. So it's cool when come, you know, when people do that, they have this sort of shared mythos, you know, we're going to do the same thing. I didn't know that Wargroove did it with Starbound. So that's not where we got the idea from kids. It's not where we got it from. Um, I think it was Star Wars or something. Anyways, so <laughs> more games have been playing. Like I said, guys, buckle up. Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus. So in the game, I'm playing this on PC, by the way. I'm at the part where you go to Texas, which I think is like halfway. Travis, did you beat Colossus? I didn't beat it, but Texas is about halfway. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So that that said, it's a great shooter and it's a worthy follow up to New Order. And I really like playing it. I, I don't think there's even a negative here. It's just I got a lot of games to play, and so I haven't focused as much time onto it as I wanted. But it's real good. I, I like it. BJ is cool. I, I think he's a little bit of a downer in this one because he thinks he's going to die. And I don't want to say too much about it, but he, he he's, he's a little bit more somber than usual. And I just kind of want to send him a, you know, like... That, that little cat poster that's like, hang in there, you know, because he's just he's such a downer. He's being a, and he's, he's I don't know. I, I, I don't like want to downer is underselling how <laughs> how dark and brooding he is in this game. Uh, that's it's pretty so heavy. true. Yeah. Every every time he talks, he's like to, to someone who dies. I'm not going to say who he's like. I, I just wanted to let you know that I'm on my last legs and. I don't want to tell anybody and life sucks and I hate myself and want to die. I mean, that's not what he says, but he's like, says it all the time. It's, it, it's, it's not even cheesy. It's actually so well done. It makes sense. It's plotted, right? The voice acting is superb. I, it's just, man, I, I just, I want to give him a hug, you know? Um, so, uh, Another game I've been playing is the Warcraft 3 remake. So again, this is another thing I wrote about on Cheerful Ghost. Um, and it, I've got to get a first look review on there. Um, but I played the game a bit since. And I think one problem I'm having is like, again, like I mentioned, I've got a few games to play. So Warcraft 3 remake hasn't gotten the attention it deserves. With that, they released a new patch that does address a lot of the bugs that people had. 
since like I didn't see any bugs, I didn't really notice the fixes for me. But the game feels to me again like a strong remake of Warcraft 3, where it respects the original source material over a ton of new changes. And I think people are expecting a lot more new. And and I can see why they'd be expecting it, because Blizzard said they were. <laughs> and then they changed their mind and they didn't really talk about it. And that really upset people like I guess I don't really believe what game companies tell me totally. So I don't know. But I don't really fault people for thinking that a company tells you something and does something else is bad because it is bad. Um, It is bad. However, Blizzard just actually opened up the ability for anyone to basically uh, get a refund for the game. So everyone should be happy, even though no one's happy. But it's 2020. No one's ever happy. Um, And that's what I've been playing. All right. Well, Tim mentioned that someone suggested that he buy the um, that GTA five bundle uh, with the, some shark card bucks on PS4. And that someone happened to be me. Um, we I, I happened to notice that on a sale. I almost just skipped away from it. And then I thought, hey, Tim and I played this on the PC, P, uh, PS3 a while back. I should see if he has this or if he plans on getting it. If so, it's like 50, it was what, $15, I think. So I'll jump on that. It was 15 to get the game plus like a, what was it? Like $2 million and something like that. that. Yeah. And if you bought the game by itself, it was also 15. So like, why not? Right. So yeah, it was fun getting back into that. Um, Interestingly enough, I started this up to kind of get through some of the early stuff and then kind of put my PS4 into rest mode for a couple of weeks. So when we were playing, my game was still like experiencing a winter event and Tim's wasn't. So <laughs> yes. I had snow everywhere and it was affecting my traction and Tim had none of this, but we were in the same <laughs> world somehow. It was, it was bizarre, but kind of added to the fun. It was really funny, especially when uh, like we would be outside of the cars and trying to run. Because in his yeah. game, he had like heavy snow. So he's like trudging along and I'm just like running circles <laughs> around him. <laughs> yeah. And I was picking up snowballs and throwing them at Tim and he had no, <laughs> yes. no way to throw them back. <laughs> that too. <laughs> but yeah, that's the third time I've bought that game and I don't really regret it at all. That's one of my favorite games ever. It's it's so great. Um, also... The game I've talked about a lot, I haven't talked about it recently, but Egg Inc., a mobile game, I've kind of gone like heavy on that game. I've been mainlining it here in the past couple of months. Like <laughs> you can't quit Egg Inc. No, it's like cool, I, I, man. I it's take awesome. breaks from it where basically I'm just checking in every now and then to get the weekly contracts or whatever and then moving on. But like over the past couple of months, I've been really hitting those prestiges and I'm like, like I'm on a discord server for egg ink players and have a crew that we run contracts with every week it's it's kind of insane how many people are still playing this game after so many years but it's it nails that idler formula really well travis can i mention something here really yeah, quick about absolutely. Egg ink? so i don't know if people know but one of the things we added to tail the white wyvern was paragon levels and paragon levels are the ability to after a certain amount of wyvern kills you can paragon and that allows you to basically you know wipe some stuff and get kind of an, a, a bonus as you move forward. That idea for me, I don't know about if it was for you, Travis, that, that idea about sort of wiping and starting, you know, with, with a bonus was totally from egg Inc. And I don't know if they are the ones that originated it, but I thought it was an incredible mechanic to keep that, mm-hmm. um, 
to keep that whole sort of um, loop and starting over thing feeling fresh. So I like that's kind of I mean, I think Egg Inc. is a great game. I haven't played it as much as you, but that's kind of how it sort of influenced Wyvern a little bit. So. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's the same. They, they were the first people to do it, but uh, I like how they do it, where you have these um eggs what are they called prophecy eggs that you collect and the more of those you have like the higher your earning bonuses so you can buy the the bigger eggs and it gets pretty ridiculous i think i made uh some was like quad vegan dollars earlier in it so yeah it goes crazy so i have this like stack of a backlog of physical games and of course my steam library that is just bulging at the seams but what am i doing i'm playing fallout 76 <laughs> i'm ignoring my backlog i yay I, I decided to hop in the other day and kind of clean up some stuff finally launch a nuke since i've been playing for so long and never did that uh, just to kind of get things ready for this big update they're coming out with in April, uh, the Wastelanders update where they're adding NPCs and I kind of got the bug again and started playing it. Um, it's, I still call it like the best game that I've ever played that I also would never recommend to anybody. Like it's not the best game ever, but in terms of all the games <laughs> that I would absolutely not recommend people play, uh, that's my it. favorite. Um, I love it. There's so many problems with it. Like it's just, it's very badly handled in so many important ways, but yet the game that they, that is under all that crap is fantastic. In a lot of ways, I feel more connected to this than any other fallout game, even with all the problems. But yeah, I think I'll probably keep coming back to this game and regularly until they turn off the servers. That's awesome. I really hope that it becomes free to play because yeah, it sounds like a game I'd love to play, but I've got so many games. It makes little sense to buy more at this point. So. I think they'll probably eventually, if nothing else, um, make their for, uh, Battle Royale mode free to play. Yeah, it'd be great. I'd play those games. Yeah, so that's cool. Um, also, I've went through recently and uh, played Super Mario World on the Super Nintendo all the way through. Uh, I didn't do the whole like. 120 exit thing but uh just you know the normal way through from world one to bowser uh, i play that i try to play it at least once a year i haven't done that as diligently recently but that's one of those games that is timeless and i will like always want to come back to regularly i don't know there's something about the formula in that i feel like they really nailed for the the 2d mario and I they, agree. I, oh. I think a lot for me, like a lot of those retro games, there's some also, and I think this is a nostalgia thing, but I, I feel like when I play some old games, it just, it feels like I'm just wearing or putting on a really comfortable blanket, you know what I mean? Which is, you know, or watching star Wars. I don't know. It just feels right. Sometimes yeah, agreed. Yeah. And I feel like the, the pixelated nature of the 30, of the 16 bit era, like, with the later consoles, when the polygons started being the the animation style, I don't think those age as well. I think that the Super Nintendo and Genesis are kind of the peak of 
that timeless look, which is why I think a lot of games these days are kind of reproducing that the shovel knight that looks like it's straight out of the eight bit or sixteen bit era because that stuff still works really well. Um, as for everything else, I, I'll mention that in the Christmas loot. So that's it for me. All right, John, what have you been watching lately? So the first thing I'm going to be watching is going to be controversial. So I'm, I've got my I've got my weapons ready. I was going to say knives out, but I haven't seen that movie yet. And I really want to. Um, I've got my weapons ready for this. I, I, I don't want to fight anyone, but I'm just saying this is this could be controversial. So I saw the new Picard show. All of them. I've seen all of them so far. And uh, I really like Star Trek a lot. Like, I, I really do. I've, I saw the original Star Trek The Next Generation run. I think it's a superb show. I've seen all of Deep Space Nine. I've seen all of The Next Generation. I've seen, I think, all of Voyager or most of it. I really like all. I like that era of Trek a lot. I like The Next Generation a lot. I think Jean-Luc Picard is one of the coolest characters ever written. I think most of the characters in The Next Generation are one of the coolest characters ever written. I had a huge crush on Beverly Crusher when I was in high school. I I just did. I thought she was really cool. Um, still kind of do, but I don't really have a whole lot of crushes on a lot of people as an adult. But I guess Beverly Crusher is still cool. I, I, I think she's still pretty cool. So, um, I'm going to say after watching every episode that's aired, I think it's four. I'd say the show is fine. I don't hate it, uh, but I could stop watching it and I wouldn't miss it. To me, it doesn't really seem like a Star Trek or at least tonally doesn't really feel like a sequel to the next generation. Um, I generally like Patrick Stewart in his roles, but I don't get his angle with Picard. I, I don't get how he's acting this character. I'd like him to explain it to me because it's puzzling to me. Um, uh, and he's a fantastic actor, so I'm sure his choices are right. I just don't get I doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. Um, like what parts of it? Well, his character in the next generation was commanding and extremely refined. But in this show, he's not really. Right. It seems like he's unsure, doesn't know a lot and is really along for the ride in some instances. And he doesn't feel like he's Jean-Luc Picard, really like you could like you just show those characters side by side and they seem like they're real different people. And like, I suppose you could say that it's attributed to age and what's happened to him in the show. But I don't like buy it in a lot of ways. And so even I'd view it as a possible negative with the show, even if they took his character in that direction. So. I don't know. Yeah, Star I, Trek say, next... I think it's kind of like the Luke and the Last Jedi situation where his oh. he's kind of changed because of the pretty traumatic shit that he's gone through. I love that you're bringing up the Last <laughs> Jedi in this. Uh, I I did not think about the the connection there. I suppose it exists. Um, here here's the thing: Star Trek: The Next Generation wasn't a show of a dystopian wasteland. <clears throat> And this seems to be closer to the Federation as a dystopian hellscape because we need to be gritty in 2020. Like, you guys remember that in The Next Generation, like, um, the Federation ended, like, poverty and stuff. Yeah. 
But in this show, they're like, well, maybe we didn't or something. I It's like, OK, guys, like I get I get why you need to make a show dark. OK, but like it sort of blends it up a bit for me. I just I suppose I wish it could have leaned more into the next generation, because frankly, for me right now, I would welcome a show where the characters in it have ended poverty for humanity need and want and it's them trying to work out through hard situations right like i would appreciate that i would appreciate a continuation of the next generation's um highfalutin morality right and was, because Roddenberry's vision of the future is not really on display in this um no I'll, it's I'll, not i agree with you on that i can kind yeah. of see why they are like it's, it makes for a drama inter- interesting tension. I get if, it. If I get they, it. Yeah. You know, pull back the curtain and say, well, there were some problems with how they set this up. The Federation wasn't perfect. But at the same time, it doesn't feel like tonally. It doesn't feel like Star Trek. I agree with you 100 percent on that. I actually do think that humanity is capable of great things. I believe we could actually do those things in the next generation. But it seems like. Us as a society anymore doesn't even believe that. I actually think that this show is totally where we are as a society. We don't really have a good view of the future anymore. It's actually doom and gloom. I believe we've all, even myself included, have adopted that. And I really wish we had some uh, stuff that didn't. (laughs) That was popular. You know, because like, look, this is escapist stuff it doesn't have to like it doesn't have you don't have to have donald trump and everything in this show you don't have to you you can i guess i'm not saying he's in this show i, I don't think so but i i don't know i whatever i i even have more words i'm just gonna like it doesn't really matter i guess but i if you like the show i'm glad you dig it i really am there there's some moments that are fun i loved seeing data uh in the first episode oh, that so was much. so great he looks great i i want more of that there i guess i will say one more thing there's an episode in picard where they're like where picard's like well i guess i could ask all my original crew members to join but they'd say yes so i can't it's like they feel obligated and i'm like so ask them (laughs) like you need a crew they trust you you know them and i bet lavar burton wants to work you know i bet he wants to be in a show (laughs) I bet he'd be in a Star Trek show again. Um, I, so like, I, whatever. He just has a crew of, of other crew because I don't. It, whatever. Fine. It, Picard is fine. Um, if you love it, I'm really happy. And I'm trying to find reasons to love it. I just can't. Uh, I just haven't yet. <laughs> but cool. Picard. So um, you mind I if I tack some you, stuff on since we're talking about please, Picard? I was going to mention this in mine, but it fits here. Yes. Um, okay, cool. I, yeah, like I said, I do agree with you totally about that. I, I like the show. I like the subject matter. I'm just kind of thinking of it as, you know, a different show that takes place in the Star Trek universe that isn't necessarily a Star Trek show. That's, oh, how, I'm, that's how I'm kind of okay. mentally compartmentalizing it because... sure. Like, yeah, it really doesn't. I, I'm never I, getting old Trek back, probably. But eh, whatever. Have you watched Discovery at all? No, no. I watched a couple episodes of that, but it was like at the time where I stopped watching TV in general. Right. So yeah. I'll tell you the second season. Oh, of, no, no, no. Wait, I'm sorry. That's that new streaming show on CBS, yeah, right? No, yeah, I haven't yeah. seen that. I haven't seen that. Haven't seen the that. second season of that felt. Uh, 
in a lot of ways it felt more like classic star trek than even voyager did like it was it was so good uh first season had the same kind of were dark and brooding because you know it took place before the federation had achieved all that peace and everything and it was in the middle of a war so it makes sense but in season two you really see that Anyway, hmm. uh, Picard, I, I, I do like it. Um, I love seeing seven of nine's character after you know, the Borg personality has basically left her. That was an interesting, that wasn't, ex- I knew she was going to be there. It's kind of odd to see her acting human now, which it was really I, cool. So the last episode I saw, she just showed up. Is there another episode? Um, if you just saw her show up, there's one where she's in it for the entirety. So Oh, okay. That was the last one I saw where she just shows up. And I'm like, oh, I love seven of nine. Like, give me more actual Trek characters back. You know what I mean? Like, I I was like, why wait so late to bring her up? She's rad. Very. Yeah. So you like it. I'm happy. I I I really am. I, I have, I had hopes for it that it's not meeting, but I still like it. Yeah. I, I just, it's kind of boring. I, I don't want it to be boring. I want to love it. It's like, it's like me with, um, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. I want to love it. I just don't yet. <laughs> so, and I have only seen Rise of Skywalker once. I, I'm going to buy it and, and I, I'm, I'm opening my heart to it being good. I just, um, it hasn't worked in that way yet. Um, so another thing I did was I started rewatching Stranger Things again. So I have Stranger Things on Blu-ray one and two seasons one and two, and I started to watch them again. Um, yeah. So still real good. Um, and I wonder how many people have rewatched the show. It's interesting. I I think that when I originally saw Stranger Things season one, I thought they probably should have cut out one episode and I didn't really feel like that rewatching it again. I felt like everything was right on. Um, one of the thing about binging though, the shows it's real dark. So I have to take breaks because watching, you know, will scream again. It's just like kind of a little rough. Um, but I, I really like it and I like the movement between season one and two and watching them so close together. You can really see it. And I think it's really, really good. You can tell that the budget was pretty, you know, wasn't quite as large for season one. And then they got a lot more in season two. And then in season three, it just went bananas, uh, which was really welcome for me. Um so did the X Men stuff feel as disjointed the second time through? So that's interesting. I haven't quite got to that okay, episode gotcha. in season two yet. My sister, who's a huge Stranger Things fan, she says she always skips it when she watches them. So I'm going to stop that episode and move on to the next one if it annoys me. But I'll let you know how that turns out. Okay, cool. Um, but I never liked the X Men episode originally. But Stranger Things one and two, pretty good. I haven't, like I said, I haven't finished season two yet. But I really, really dig it. It's uh, it's a good show. I, I think I'll come back and watch it from time to time. So I got so I originally saw Blade Runner 2049 in the theater. I got Blade Runner 2049 on 4K. And for whatever reason, I haven't actually hadn't actually rewatched it until now. And boy, is it super. Um, it is maybe better than Blade Runner, uh, the original. And I know that's weird to say because the original is such a classic but I think Blade Runner 49 is su- superb. And watching the special features, it's it's like th- this movie was made in a time where it was made like in the heyday of DVD where all the special features are just top notch and incredible and add quite a bit to it. Uh, if you like 
special features and you like Blade Runner 2049, try to track some of those down because they're mm-hmm. just great. Um, the movie is so good. Um, the, it, 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 it's not, it doesn't really have too much. It has kind of a twist at the end, which is still really good. And even knowing that watching it again, it's still really good. But I think just Denis, Denis Villeneuve's style is, he's just a director. Unlike a lot of other directors, he did Arrival, which is fantastic. He mm-hmm. did Blade Runner 2049 and he's doing the new Dune thing. I cannot wait um, for that. He's going to nail he the is. new Dune thing. Like this is perfect. Like I don't know if the new Dune movie is going to make any money <laughs> because I don't know if Denise movies make money, but they're so good. Mm-hmm. And if the studio doesn't screw him up, I can't imagine. Dune is going to be a masterpiece, just like all of his other movies have been a masterpiece. Um, I am, anyways, really Blade Runner 2049. Mwah. Uh, so good. And uh, Denis, man, I'm, I'm with you on that Dune movie day one for sure. Another thing I've been watching is Better Call Saul season four on Netflix came a little bit ago. Recency bias. I'm sure this is recency bias you're talking here, but Better Call Saul seems like it's moved a bit beyond Breaking Bad for me into a great show territory. Now, I'm not saying Breaking Bad's a bad show. It's not what I'm saying. I liked it a lot. I think it's real good. Uh, but for me, I think I like Saul more. Uh, it's for me. Saul's a little slower and that's saying something because Breaking Bad wasn't the fastest moving show, you know, like it took him a long time to start selling meth kids. Uh, <laughs> it did. It, it took him a while to do that. But um, I, it's not quite as gruesome as Breaking Bad is, at least in its later days. And to me, it feels like Saul has only a couple seasons left. I, I've heard it has two because they've got two years until it hits right into Breaking Bad. And, um, I don't know. So maybe it's going to get real dark, but wow, is the show great. And if you like Breaking Bad, I, why aren't you watching the show? Why? I don't think people are watching it. I don't know why. I, I think just for whatever reason, um, it hasn't gained the traction that Breaking Bad have. I, I, and I don't know why, cause it's so good. Um, I think though, one of the things that Netflix, cause this is an AMC show that's on Netflix that it could have used a lot of Netflix shows. When you start up a new season, it gives you a recap. And that recap is awesome because sometimes you forget a couple things that have happened and they go over the major beats that I think I could have used one probably watching this. Uh, but with that, um, it's real good. And I can't wait for the last two seasons of Saul. I hope they do another show in this universe. People in a world where Star Wars will never stop. <laughs> it will never stop. Marvel will never stop. I really hope Breaking Bad universe shows never stop. I really do. And if AMC doesn't want to make them, Netflix to the rescue. Um, and that's what I've been watching. Yeah. And Saul season, uh, the next season starts up. Uh, today, I think, actually. Yes. So, that's awesome. Yes. I usually wait till they're all on Netflix to binge them. Yeah, that makes sense. I might, I might not. <laughs> I don't know. I, I really like the show. The the last episode of the, the, I guess the last episode that we've seen where he kind of, he, you really feel that turn from. Yeah. From Saul Jimmy Good, to man. Saul Goodman. Yeah. It, it's. Yes. The writing's yes. on the wall now, and man, Kim's face at the end yeah. of that was so heartbreaking. Yes, it was. It was. <laughs> and Kim Wexler, her character, she, she's such an amazing actress. And yeah. she, Kim Wexler is a great character and maybe one of the best in the Breaking Bad universe, I think. Agreed. So 
Wow. Uh, oh, oh, one thing I, oh, do you want a spoiler for season five of Saul, Travis, I think? It's in an um, interview. Do you want me to spoil if it? If it's in an interview, then it's, it's fair game. Go ahead. Okay. So y'all, so Tim, did you see the Breaking Bad movie? I did. Okay. So in the Breaking Bad movie, you have the return of the guy who, um, hides um walt and saul yeah because right? robert forster's yeah. character right robert forster yeah. right so not only did they film for the breaking bad movie robert forster um for the breaking bad movie but they also filmed for saul too oh, so cool for season five so robert forster's gonna be in season five of saul which I was like, oh, wow, these guys are so smart. That's such a good idea. Because they're just like, let's just do both. And I'm like, he's going to be in season five. That's so cool. I don't know how, but I'm I'm pretty excited about that. That's awesome. All right, Tim, what have you been watching? All right. So uh, my wife and I, we've been really into these sort of like, you know, darker, supernatural thriller kind of things. So we... Uh, we wrapped up season three of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, um, which was good. It, you know, uh, I liked the villains that they introduced for this season, but I'm really looking forward to the villain that they teased at the end of this season. So season four is going to be good. Uh, we are continuing our rewatch of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I even oh, dug nice. out my DVD copy of the original movie. so we watched we watched that in in between uh season one and two i think we're about that's that movie with luke perry right yep Mm -hmm. yes it is yeah cool cool does does the does the show pick up after the movie or is it like retelling the film too or so technically speaking the show does not follow the movie even though there are like a few like kind of like throwaway references to it and part of that has to do with that um there were a lot of changes to the script after Joss, you know, got the movie picked up that he wasn't super thrilled with. So when he got to redo the series, he sort of retconned those changes out. So technically speaking, they're not, you know, one doesn't follow the other. And, you know, for example, like uh, Buffy is older in the movie than she is in the first season of the TV show. You know, but they I mean, the basics of the plot still kind of apply. Uh, Yeah, Uh, let's see here. We also just started uh, watching Penny Dreadful. So another like, you know, monster show that we're going on. Uh, We're continuing with our, our typical network shows that have just been coming back now. Last week tonight, Brooklyn Nine Nine, Bob's Burgers. Uh, we also, just last night, we watched the pilot episode for Avenue 5. It's an HBO show oh, yes. starring Hugh Laurie. <laughs> and yeah, that one looks like it's going to be good. <laughs> the first episode was pretty funny. Did you ever watch Veep when it was on? I did not, but that's on, uh, it's on my list of shows that I need to give give a shot to. Yeah, I've it's heard the same, so many same creator. About and it. Yeah, the humor is fantastic. Nice. Um, yeah, I think that's actually about it for what I've been watching. Haven't been diving into a whole lot of new stuff lately because, uh, real life has kind of been getting in the way, 
But I'll talk a little bit more about that in the Christmas loot. <laughs> Pesky real life. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, you might remember uh, from the, our last playing and watching, um, I, Tim and I were both watching uh, Veronica Mars. And uh, Katie and I finished that up. It's really surprisingly good uh, for for being a high school drama. It's pretty deep and like deep where it needs to be and kind of cheesy and shallow where it needs to be. It's a good balance of of all those things. But uh, continuing on with our Rob Thomas TV show binge, we uh, watched we were, we're now watching iZombie, his show on CW, which we had kind of ignored for the longest time because that name is not the greatest. It's based on a comic. And the premise is bonkers. Yeah. Like yeah. the premise is off the walls. Strange. It really but. is like the main character live becomes a zombie because she's scratched by a group of zombies who turned because they had had an energy drink at the same time as some tainted drugs. And that made them zombies. So now she's a zombie and she's working at, a police morgue so she can have a steady supply of brains. And if you don't get those brains, you turn into a feral Romero style zombie. But when you eat brains, you kind of have some of the memories of the brain that you ate. So she's pretending to be a psychic and working with the police to solve crime. That is such an insane concept for a show and it shouldn't work probably, but it really does. It's, it's a delight. And we're into season four now and things have significantly changed. I won't give a lot away, for the people who haven't seen it, but wow, it's like almost an entirely different show all of a sudden. And, um, the guy who played Logan Eccles in Veronica Mars is now a big part of it. And I'm not sure whether I like his character or hate his character. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Um, the show that our brother, my brother-in-law has been trying to get us to watch for the longest time, Avatar, the last airbender. And, you know, sure. It's a kid's show. It was on Nickelodeon, but uh, he bought it for us for Christmas and we watched that and it is fantastic. Like, yes, it's a children's story, but it is such a great and beautiful story. You guys have kids. You should use that as an excuse to watch it. If nothing else, like introduce your kids to the show. It is fantastic. And then the legend of Korra followed that up. It takes place about 70 years after I think. And it is also really good. I don't think it was as good, but it's definitely worth watching. Is that on one of the streaming services? It unfortunately is not. Um, ah, bummer. You pretty much have to buy it. I think if you subscribe to one of those Nickelodeon streaming services, you can get it there, but it's not like on one of the typical ones. Ah, bummer. Yeah. Uh, We just watched last weekend the new Birds of Prey movie with um, it's basically a Harley Quinn movie, but it's Birds of Prey. Uh, This this movie was kind of insane. It had some really innovative action, like action that I hadn't really seen before, like a car chase involving sketching on roller skates, essentially. Uh, pretty great sequence. I think they nailed the humor and it kind of had a more, it cast Harley Quinn in a more positive light than suicide squad did, which was not exactly hard to do. I think they did her character a little dirty in suicide squad, but uh, yeah, if you like some insane comic book hijinks and humor, you should check that one out. 
Speaking of which, uh, I think I've watched this movie in theaters and on Blu-ray since the last time we did one of these. Joker. Uh, that movie is fantastic. Uh, I think the plot is pretty derivative. Honestly, the plot is nothing to write home about. But Joaquin Phoenix's performance in this film is worth watching alone. Like He absolutely deserved his Oscar for that role. And it's a movie that is kind of hard to watch often, but it's one that I want to keep revisiting because it's such a powerful performance. Can I talk a little bit about Joker? I actually sure. saw that too. It wasn't yeah. on my list for for whatever reason. Yeah, so I heard quite a bit about Joker as well. Um and then it didn't really it's it's been savaged by crit- critics in very similar ways. Uh, you you mentioned you know, I guess somewhat the derivative plot. I guess yeah. some people also think like, "Oh, well, <clears throat> you know, it what's the movie about? What's its theme?" I think its theme's actually pretty easy to understand. I guess maybe people also just don't like it or don't like the way it makes it or that it's on the nose or something like that. But I, I, I don't know. I mean, when I came into it, I had the lowest expectations. I thought this was going to be some slack shot garbage because of the way critics were absolutely dishing on. It. I listened to a lot of film podcasts and they couldn't stop dishing on it in very similar ways. Not, not saying you're dishing on the movie. You're really not actually. I'm just saying oh, no, that no. these people did. And I was like, okay, this has to be some, absolute trash so i'm in for a bad movie i actually found it was really really good um and you're right i mean i guess like i felt like its message was perfectly fine i thought it was i mean i guess it could have been more subtle and i suppose stuff wasn't earned i guess but when i was watching it i never thought unearned i never thought i didn't think any of that i never thought it was like hitting me over the head i never thought it was like ham fisted those are words i never thought when i saw the movie but mm-hmm. I, I i don't know i'm not involved in the new york city film critique scene so I, <laughs> i'm not knocking them i'm just not in that thing you know what i mean um so i yeah i i thought it was really really good to the point not that i can't see critique for this movie because obviously you critique anything and i think you should i just um um i, I don't know i uh, I, I just don't maybe understand it as much. I, yeah. Cause when I, cause when people, I heard what they said, I'm like, Oh, well I just, it's probably true. And then I saw it. I'm like, I don't now understand the critique. I <laughs> really yeah, definitely agree. So, and that I don't agree. It's not that I don't understand it. I totally understand what they're saying. I just don't, I it didn't seem that way to me, but again, arts that way. <laughs> Things are that way. Sure. I'm glad Parasite won the Oscar, uh, but I think Joaquin Phoenix uh, did a great job as the Joker for sure. Well, you mentioned Parasite and we also watched Parasite recently. And awesome. <laughs> That's one I need to watch. I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, it very yeah, deservedly it's my, won. It's like that. at the top of one of my lists of movies yes, to watch. It should be. It is fantastic. Um, it cleaned up at the Oscars and it definitely should have cleaned up. Um, it's oddly funny and charming and depressing and soul crushing. It's like the director has made so many good movies. Like if you've seen the host or Snowpiercer or Okja on Netflix, fantastic director all around. I've loved everything he's ever done and I can't wait to see what he does next because if it's anything like this, uh, wow. And John, I think you mentioned knives out. <laughs> we watched knives out and that's, 
oh, they're making a sequel to that with uh, Daniel yes, Craig's are. character yep. solving another crime. And I yep. am so there for that. Yep. I mean, just after, means that Star Wars movie that Johnson's working <laughs> on ain't having it anytime soon. Well, maybe it depends on how he's scheduling it all out. But yeah, I no, think I prefer seeing another soon. Knives Out sequel right now. Honestly, that that was such a great movie. Uh, and Anna de Armas in the tie, in the leading role, it's it's nice to see her doing more meaty things. Like the biggest thing that I remember her from is that um, holographic girlfriend in Blade Runner 2049. And she really nails this role in Knives Out. I mean, the whole she really cast hasn't is, been in a lot of movies. No, though. I mean, so no. I think that, you know, yeah. But yeah, the whole cast is amazing. And it's got a lot of kind of subtle commentary and it's that I don't, I won't spoil for you, but they kind of go after some less savory groups of people. I'll put it that way. <laughs> but Woo-hoo! the, um, like if you've seen clue and other movies like that, it's got a lot of cheese factor like that. And it should have a lot of, I mean, it's a whodunit. It's supposed to be cheesy, but just like the formula is so perfectly nailed that if you haven't seen it, you got to see it. From someone who wants more great Star Wars films, I mourn the passing of Ryan Johnson, maybe not doing Star Wars. Like, I'm really happy that Knives Out is, and I'm sure it's great. I'm sure I'm going to love it, Ryan. I love the movies you've done. Looper was fantastic. Last Jedi was fantastic. And But when when I heard they signed him up for another one, he's like, I'm in, I'm writing it right now. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> It's star. I don't know. I just I I kind of mourned it. Now I know a lot of people that didn't like the Last Jedi are probably thrilled, but I I am not. I am not thrilled. Well, you know they they have that um, trilogy that's theorized to be like Old Republic stuff they're working on right now. So maybe Johnson's stuff will come after that, and that's why he's working on other projects. Because they still say that they haven't canceled it. So who knows? They haven't canceled it. But my guess is if I had to if I had to put money on the table. Uh, my money would be that Johnson will not do another Star Wars thing. And uh, sadly. I can see it going both ways. I definitely hope he does. I'll put it that way. Man, oh, man, I, I hope I, so, too. I want to see uh, a three or four or five movie vision straight from him and not having to kind of match it up with other people's work. I want to see that. I think that there would have been a lot less criticism of The Last Jedi if that had been the case, too. Totally agree. Hello, podcast friends. This is John Dotson, host of Cheerful Ghost Radio and the creator of Tale of the White Wyvern. If you listen to this show, you might be a fan of Cheerful Ghost, and maybe you read the articles on our site. And I've also checked out our new text-based adventure mini-MMO, Tale of the White Wyvern. Cheerful Ghost is a scrappy indie community that makes awesome text games, and we'd love any support you can give us. Right now, if you head to Cheerful Ghost and hit the heart button, you have some incredible support options in that you can use to start in that you could donate a few dollars through PayPal. If you wanted to do a bit more, you can buy a Cheerful Ghost membership that gets you some great supporter perks on Cheerful Ghost, as well as unlock some member-only titles and alternative cosmetic weapon, armor, and hat sets 
intail of the White Wyvern, including the coveted horse armor. On top of the ability to donate a few dollars or get a Cheerful Ghost membership, we also have a Tale of the White Wyvern merch store, so you can adorn yourself with the best-looking shirts and mugs from your favorite text adventure mini-MMO. I love the mug and personally use it to use it today to drink some coffee, which, you know, might be the best way to drink coffee. Might be the best way to, to drink coffee that was ever invented. Uh, at least I think so. Hopefully you do too. So we thank you for your support and only want you to donate or become a member or buy merch if you can swing it. So don't do anything that puts you in financial trouble, friend. So thanks again. And hopefully we can keep Cheerful Ghost independent through your continued support. All right. As promised, we're going to talk about some of the loot we got for Christmas. So Tim, what'd you get? Okay, so I'm going to kind of cheat a little bit here, because I know we had discussed we were going to try and, you know, keep this uh, limited to games. But um, I'm just really excited about it. I bought a house. And so that has been monopolizing a lot of my time. (laughs) You've been playing the game of life. I've been playing the game of life and been doing, you know, been, uh, been feeling pretty good about it. So, yeah, I have an actual house and my wife and I, we've been, you know, uh, in addition to the usual stuff of just moving and unpacking, it's, you know, getting the new place set up, getting new furniture because we got rid of a lot of our, you know, old stuff before we moved. And yeah, just the new house is great. Everybody has room. All my kids have their own room. We have an actual backyard, which has been it's been a really long time since that's actually been a thing for me. <laughs> And it's great. We're real close to the schools. My commute to work is like really short. It's fantastic. All right. Um, it's also why my list of things to play and watch was a little bit on the short side. Because <laughs> we're, we're doing that a lot in our time off instead of just watching shows. All right. Now, back to games here. So um, I got Shovel Knight. Thank you, Travis. And I've uh, been kind of plugging away at that periodically. Uh, my kids have also been enjoying it. They've been picking it up and um, they get a little frustrated with it because it, it gets hard fast. Like that yeah, first couple levels are pretty, pretty easy. But then it starts to crank into like, you know, old school Mega Man difficulty levels. And yeah, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm appropriately challenged, but still having a lot of fun. Uh, I also got Collection of Mana. So I was really excited about yes. that because I, yes. in addition to loving Secret of Mana immensely and it being one of my favorite games of all time, uh, I have been dying to really play the um, the sequel. Um, so I finally got to start that on Didn't you play an actual, like a fan-translated ROM I, of that back Yeah, in the day? so I did try a fan-translated ROM, playing it on PC, and while I enjoyed it, I didn't get very far, and it just kind of, I don't know, it felt different. Uh, playing it on the Switch is a great experience, and I'm kind of glad that I, did, I didn't really dive into the game real in-depth, because it feels right at home on the Switch. I can play it in docked mode or I can play it as a handheld and it just it feels good. The controls are great. The game looks great. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying my time on there. So um, 
I, about two years ago, and I'm pretty sure I've talked about it several times on here, uh, started playing D&D. Never played it as a kid. Um, you know, it, my parents were not big fans of D&D. We'll just leave it at that. So I never played it as a kid, but as an adult, I've one time of- I tried D&D when I was little and the devil invaded my mind and I started murdering people. Exactly. Right. That yeah. explains a lot about you. Yep. I know. Yeah. I know. It, it was, it was weird because everything that I, some people said was actually true. I literally was possessed by Satan and I started doing heroin and cocaine yeah. and murdering people. It was the weirdest thing. It's just playing it was, some pencil and paper game. It was weird. Yeah, it was a rough time in his life, you know. I mean, he murdered me at that one point. But um, I know. I, know. I, I think he might have been around. I tried to get him to play D&D, but he said, no, I will not. <laughs> I said, get behind me, Satan. No. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, a good thing I, you I, had some like demon help there to resurrect him after you killed him. I don't know anything yeah. about Tim's situation, but that was the situation <laughs> with me. So that's All what right. happened with me. So for Glad Christmas, got I got a new, jump. yeah. So for Christmas, I got a new D&D book. <laughs> got Xanathar's Guide to Everything, which has like a bunch of, it's sort of like an everything book. It's got some stuff in there for your DMs. It's got like some new player options. It's got some new, you know, alternate rules and stuff. It's a really cool book. Uh, a buddy of mine we have been slowly putting together kind of like our own campaign setting with the intent that we would each DM our own kind of like games and then have the opportunity because they're in like a shared, I guess you could say shared universe. We could have our groups cross over periodically so that, you know, as kind of like fun, like team up sessions or something like that. So we're working on that and incorporating some stuff from the new book uh, the group that I'm playing with right now, we also just wrapped up our first campaign, which ran for just about two years. And next month, we will be jumping into our new campaign. And I'm looking forward to trying out a new character. Um, didn't end up actually using one of the new character options in the new book, but um, I definitely going to give some of those a try in future campaigns. But I am in join it i seriously wish i had been introduced to the D or at least other tabletop games as a kid because i would kid tim would have loved it adult tim's having a lot of fun it's yeah it's a great thing to do get a group of friends together start a campaign all right john what did you got so I also got Shovel Knight from uh, Travis. So we do this thing where we buy each other on the on the on the uh, podcast. We buy each other games. Um, Travis got us all Shovel Knight, like physical copy, by the way, which is awesome. Thank you, Travis. You're welcome. Um, and I got everyone else, Aladdin and the Lion King, on Switch on the as well. So that that remake or whatever. Um, I'm I'm not going to talk about Aladdin and Lion King because we're actually going to save that for a future show review, but. I will say that Shovel Knight on the Switch is great. I did a formal review on the site. It's real good. Um, And recently I played um, Shovel Knight Showdown, uh, which is part of the Shovel Knight treasure trove with a friend. And it was really, really fun. So, 
you know, I bring my switch when I go out and uh, over the weekend, you know, I'm, I'm between jobs right now. And my wife and I, for her birthday, we went to up to the mountain, Mount Hood, uh, which is a, you know, and we went snow, you know, we did sledding with the kids and we brought some friends and I brought my switch. And so when the kids were in bed, we played games and one of the games we played was showdown. And it's like, it's like Smash Brothers, but a little bit simpler. And the goal is to collect gems and you can fight in there as well. And it's really cool. And you've got different um, people that you can fight with. It's perfect on the switch. It's 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 really it, it sort of feels a little bit more like a casual brawler. But I'm sure if you're real good, you could just stomp someone. So and and, and just the main campaigns are really good too. shovel of hope is real good. All the expansions are great. And showdown is just the value you get in Shovel Knight is amazing. Um, and getting the physical version on the Switch was great. Thanks, Travis. Again, that was awesome. So um, I'm going to talk about a lot of games I've been playing on the Switch. And it's going to feel like, wow, you got a lot of Christmas presents. Uh, so just a little b- behind the curtain for me. On Black Friday, um, I, have a, I have a running list of games I want to buy. And it's mostly Switch games because that's how I play a lot of games now. Um, and when they're cheap on Black Friday, like 20 bucks or whatever, I'll buy them because I figure like a physical game for $20 on the Switch is a really, really good deal. So I bought quite a few and then I save them and I give them to my wife and she, and I open them on Christmas because it's cool. I, I You know, for me, that doesn't like I don't care about surprise, really. Uh, it's just fun to open more things on Christmas and I don't mind waiting either. So having these games in the box uh, doesn't mind. So these are a couple games. These are the games that I bought on Black Friday real cheap and open on Christmas. Um, so Wolfenstein Youngblood. So I've been playing the new Colossus right now on PC. I want to try a Wolfenstein game on the Switch. When I told Travis I got it, Travis, you, you want to say what your response was? I don't I don't remember exactly what my response was, but I couldn't imagine why you would want to play it on the switch when you could play it on PC because the, the controls and graphics are so much better there. (laughs) Yep. That was it. So (laughs) I'll tell you why, because I want to try, I've heard doom 2016 on the switch was great. I didn't get it. I heard new Colossus was great. I didn't get it. I want to try a premium modern shooter on the switch like do the graphics make it terrible do the fact that i like keyboard mouse make it terrible or is the game actually going to be really good so i got deluxe which basically means that i got the game and then one of my friends i can give him a code and we can play through it together and again it was 20 dollars. so i'm like i'm gonna try this on the switch uh haven't opened it yet because i'm not on to playing it yet but i got it i also got mario odyssey um okay i'm gonna say that this game hasn't hooked me yet It feels like for me right now in this point in my life, not a better version of Mario Galaxy, but I'm also not that far into it. And I've played a lot of Mario games in my life. So I think the game might get its hooks in, but so far it's not. And that's actually completely fine because I'm playing so many games right now. It doesn't need to. But I really heard from a lot of people, including you, Travis, that and, and Tim, that Mario Galaxy is phenomenal and it just hasn't hit me as phenomenal. That's good, but I think Mario Odyssey is better. Um, you guys played this game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Yes. And it's kind of yeah. funny that you mentioned that, like, you felt like it didn't really get your hooks into you. And, you know, I kind of yeah. felt the same thing. When I okay. first started playing, it was just like, oh, you know, this this reminded me. I, I didn't play any of the Mario Galaxy games. I missed those. Oh, wow. So Those for me, it, it felt a lot like Mario 64, like that kind of play yes. style. It, it yeah. felt like yep. that. And I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like, you know, 
it's been a while since I've played a platformer like this, so this will be really fun. But um, yeah, it just I, I got through a couple worlds and it just kind of fell off my radar. I just it, it like you said, it just didn't really get that hook into me. And I like like I felt when I started playing Mario Maker, just playing through the single player levels in that game. I felt like that was more interesting, you know. Agreed. Yeah, it, agreed it may have that. also been that I played Mario Odyssey at, right after playing Breath of the Wild. Oh, and as I have yeah. mentioned several times on the podcast here, Breath of the Wild might be my favorite Zelda game, and it has quickly become one of my favorite games ever. So <laughs> it may have just suffered a bit from comparison that it was right after I played this amazing experience with Breath of the Wild that I go play Mario Odyssey, which was it's not that I thought it was bad or anything. It just yeah, I don't know. Other things seemed more interesting to play at that time, and I just haven't ever really gone back and picked it back up. Travis, do you want to talk about one of the top 10 games of the last 10 years for you? <laughs> yeah, I know, because yeah. I know what I'm saying. It's like <laughs> it did get its hooks in and it, it seemed to for you. So. Oh, man, like immediately got its hooks into me. I don't know what it was about it, but yeah, I I count it up there in my top three Mario games uh, for sure, at least. Um, depending on my mood, I put it near or above breath of the wild but uh, tim you said playing that right after breath of the wild after that game i had to just take a break and not play anything for like a solid couple of weeks because that was something that i felt like i needed time to digest so that that could have had something to do with that for you but no man i loved odyssey i i played the hell out of it i think i've played like collected every single uh what are they moons in that game that you could get yeah, yeah. moons? Absolutely not yeah. stars. That's all I know. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> I, I played the hell out of it. And, um, I hope it eventually does get its hooks into you because I think it's yeah, fantastic. Me too. Yeah. I mean, it's a good game and I, and I've sort of enjoyed what I played so far and I've got it and I, and I imagine I'll totally come back and play it. Um, but one thing that I realize is Nintendo is releasing, re-releasing these Wii U games on the switch and I think that so far they've been really, really good to do that. Um, two games I think they need to re-release from the Wii era on the Switch is Mario Galaxy and Mario Galaxy 2. I think those should come to the Switch in the HD Agreed. remaster treatment. Um, I think the story so far is better. The feel of Mario Galaxy to me seems better. Um, Rosalina is so much more interesting to me than Hattie. I don't know if there's more to or whatever the, the hat thing is. Um, and, and I like the planet mechanics more than I like the hat thing. Um, but look, I, I I'm going to keep playing the game when I have time and I'm sure it's great and I'll do its thing. So another game I got to was rocket league on the switch. So I originally played this on PS4 when I was visiting some family friends, loved it, wanted to get on the switch. The deluxe edition came out on black Friday for like $20. Again, it's that price point. I, I, I like for a physical game where I'll get it. One of the cool things about the deluxe edition that I have is it comes with a bunch of cool car skins like Batman, Batmobiles and extra stuff. Um, yeah, I don't care about any of that. Uh, I thought it would be cool to have Batmobile. Honestly, I just kind of like doing the base car. Uh, it's kind of like Fortnite. It doesn't really matter what your skin is, although you can get more skins and buy skins and, 
Yeah, I don't care. But the base game is so fun. Just playing Rocket League with friends, co-op, couch co-op is some of the most couch co-op fun I've had in a long time. I mean, we're talking like I'm playing a game with a friend and the match is so tense and we're just on the edge of the knife and you just got to get the ball in the goal. And when you do it, it feels like a million bucks and it's just so good. It's it's a game where you can play on the same team to try to, you know, have your car get the ball through the goal or you can play on alternate teams. Um, and it's not a violent game. It's just cars hitting balls through goals. It's great. It's car soccer. It's so fun. And I think for me, when I think about couch staples that I play with friends in real life, there's you got your Street Fighter, right? And I've got the Street Fighter 30th anniversary of edition, which comes like literally like six or nine. I can't remember Street Fighter games, which is incredible. And that's, of course, you got to have a Street Fighter game. Um, I've, you know, and then you've got and, and I would really put Rocket League in the same category as a game that if you play games with your friends and they come over, you really should do it. It's so much fun. You don't have to be good to have fun at, at Rocket League. But I imagine it's like one of those games where if you have friends that are real good, they're going to stomp you into the ground. <laughs> but <laughs> my friends aren't really good and I'm not really good. So we can just have fun. And another game I got too was Aladdin and Lion King re-release on Switch, which we will review in a future upcoming episode. Because again, you know, it's a game that we all have um, and it's a cool retro game and that kind of thing. So that's what I got for Christmas, the game loot that I got and uh, really happy with what I got this year. So I just realized um, there was something I forgot to put on my list here and you guys are going to be real upset with me. I'm, I'm kind of a little upset with myself here. But uh, it was when you started talking about them re-releasing games and I was just like, that was a re-release I played recently. Oh, yeah. Link's Awakening. (laughs) Yes. You got that for Christmas? I did. I got that for Christmas. Nice. And about two weeks ago, I beat it. So I'm completely played through that one. And now I had played the hell out of it on Game Boy. Oh, yeah. uh, You know, even before the Game Boy Color remix. So this was actually my first time playing through the that extra stage that they released with the Game Boy Color. Oh, so that the Color Dungeon. Of, yeah. Yeah. So that was that was kind of a fun experience to do for the first time. My first time through that level, too, was in the remake. Yeah. But um, what a fantastic job they did updating right? that and remaking it. So that probably one of the best remakes of like an older game that I've seen where they they actually just didn't update it and bring it up to like modern standards. They improved it just, you know, yeah. the, you don't have the, you know, separate screens. It's all just one continuous world, everything, but it plays exactly like the controls felt just like the original game did, you know, it's, they did a fantastic job and it was a great game. It was so much fun to kind of be in that world again and relive it. And, you know, Again, I've been getting my kids involved in it, and so some of them have been kind of playing that a little bit. It's it's a great, fantastic Zelda game that's easily accessible for, you know, younger audiences. Yeah, when I finished up, I fired up the Game Boy version just to kind of play around with that for a minute or two. And it, mm-hmm. like you said, it really the controls really feel the same almost like slight improvements here and there, but they really stayed true to how that felt. That's one of my only critiques with the game is that I think that, and this is just 
it's like taking in a great game like Link's Awakening remake and saying, well, it could have been better if, but I think it would have been better if they would have added like a, a hidden way to unlock the original two games on Game Boy. You mm, know, like that would have been cool. Like, th- that would have been really neat. Like, or you can also re-release them, I suppose, too. Like if, if Nintendo's just holding on to do those in Nintendo online, that's fine too. But it would have been kind of neat. Would have been neat. So in terms of games that I got for Christmas, the only two that I got were from you guys. So thank you very much for the Aladdin Lion King remake and uh, the Mana Collection. Um, Those are still embarrassingly on my backlog that I need to get to, but I look forward to playing both of them. Um, But I think this kind of counts. I bought for myself on Black Friday or the Saturday after actually an Xbox One. Um, I think I mentioned. Whoa, dude. Oh, dude! Nice. Cool. Yeah, what, like Xbox One or Xbox One. Oh, no, it's the best X One X, the one with the yeah, like, the fancy yeah, one. Yeah, it was really cheap and came with Gears of War Five. I didn't. really... How much was it? Oh, it was Black Friday, so it was like probably three reduced. months ago. So I don't remember yeah, yeah, yeah. how much exactly, but less. yeah, it was like hundred and fifty dollars yeah, cool. cheaper than the base. I think. So wow, that's great. That's I was like, great. now is the time to jump on this. So. um yeah, it was like the Gears of War 5 bundle, uh, which I didn't really care about the Gears series that much. I played like 15 minutes of Gears 1 back in the day, but, you know, it came with it. So I thought I'd play it around, play around with it. And I was surprisingly into it. Um, I didn't get that far into it because so far, kind of what I've done with the Xbox is a tour of video games because... Um, a while back, I paid a buck to get three months of the Game Pass for PC, and then they had a thing on the Xbox where you could pay a buck to get three months of Game Pass on console. And I also had a few months of uh, Xbox Live Gold that I bought that was also cheap for the Black Friday weekend sale. And then they had this thing where you could convert stuff and it would convert every month of gold and every month of game pass to their game pass plus or whatever they call it, where you get both at the same time. And I don't know exactly how it worked out, but I ended up paying a total of like $27 to get free games on game pass until the middle of 2022. I don't understand that exactly, but <laughs> I've heard some nice. people did that. It sounds like an incredible value to me. Yeah, I, I missed it. I, like I, if you could yeah. combine certain deals the right way, which I kind of accidentally stumbled into, I was looking at the expiration date, like how the hell did this happen? But so, yeah, I've been just downloading a lot of games and playing them and kind of checking out the big Xbox staples that I've been missing out on since I didn't have it. Yeah, I mentioned Gears, uh, the Halo five i think the five is the most recent one is also really solid that series always delivers but the one that i was really most surprised about i think i mentioned it as an honorable mention in my uh top 10 of the last decade was forza horizon 4 i never really thought i'd be a forza fan but i decided to try it out and they have so like one of my one of my big complaints about the sim racing games is just how rigid they are but you can really tweak that in your controls and get kind of feeling more arcadey and kind of find a good sweet spot and i just couldn't put that game down i loved it but i've also picked up a few other games for it uh titanfall 2 
I loved, loved Jedi Fallen Order by Respawn, and they did the Titanfall series, so I grabbed that, and uh, again, I got about a couple hours into that and love it so far, but it's stuff that I've played like one or two hours of and then moved on to something else that was fun and shiny to play, and so... I'm thinking I'm going to end up with the serial aisle disorder with the Xbox with, you know, being able to play all these games whenever I want for free and having no idea what the hell I want to play out of them because there's so much choice. So um, I already have that with Steam. Like I look at my Steam library like, well, now what do I want to play? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I have yet another platform to have that on. Decision so paralysis. Stadia's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's totally true. So Stadia is, you know, like this streaming only thing, mm-hmm. but if you know, games pass seems like the most Netflix of games thing out there right now. Yeah, I mean, in absolutely. terms of content and, and like you mentioned, like with all that content, you know, it's like, what do you play? Um, I want it. I also want to get an Xbox one X as well because the new series X is coming out soon and I like that the Xbox One X does backwards compatibility with old 360 and Xbox One mm-hmm. games. Now, have yeah. you tried any of the compatibility with 360 games? How is it? I have. Um, some of the games are... Because um, they upscale them. So some of them. Some of them they do. Pretty good. Yeah. Like I've had to fire out Fallout 3 and that you can play that in 4k and it is very nice. It's very nice in 4k. I bet. Uh, so I can actually push that game a little bit better on the Xbox than I can on PC. Well, no, that's not true. I have a 4k monitor now, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's really nice. And some of the games are just like the same as they were. They don't have the upscaling. Some of them just flat out don't work. They just haven't added them. I really want them to add the, uh, I can't remember the name of the game in the Katamari series on the Xbox 360. I really wanted to add that because I love that game and I'd love to see it with some shinier visuals. I heard they're done adding more compatibility for discs. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's sad. I, it is. One of, one of the things I hope they keep with the Xbox Series X is that old compatibility. Just include the stuff to do, you know, that was included on the Xbox One X. So I hope they really keep yeah. it. I imagine they will. Um, I, I hope so, because if they do, it sort of incentivizes me to buy a Series X more. In fact, I think this is one of the benefits to an Xbox over the PlayStation, because PlayStation has really inconsistent compatibility, and the Xbox has really consistent compatibility. You say it doesn't play everything, you're right, but at least they try. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When PlayStation, like, doesn't. Just gave up. They just yeah, gave up, which is really, really sad, weird. and that's why I'm considering buying one over even a PlayStation Four, and that that and it does 4K Blu-ray because I want the ability to play those as well. Yeah, if you don't want to play any of the exclusives, honestly, I would say that's the way to go. But for me, yeah, like, don't the, care about that stuff. Yeah. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn and Spider-Man and a few other games that have been PlayStation only were major selling points for that for me. So, yeah, we've taken a break from Cheerful Ghost Radio for a while, and now we're back. And in addition to that, we've taken a break from Wyvern development, but we've started back up on that recently. John, you want to tell everybody where we are with Tale of the White Wyvern? Yeah, I do. So this is going to be really quick. So Travis did a post around uh, 
uh, Valentine's Day to talk about the update that we had to the game coming out and also fishing updates. So this isn't going to be this is all going to be new stuff. So nothing, you know, if you should go read that if you haven't. Um, but basically what we are we're doing is we're focusing primarily on the fishing update and the new news with the fishing update is that Travis and I are entering the testing phase. To me, mm. it feels like ooh testing. I know. I know. Everyone's on the edge of their seats for that. It feels to me like the base of the fishing update is done. We've got all the mass major features in there. And really, at this point, it's refining fishing now to where uh, I don't want to talk too much about what's coming because we've already talked enough about it. I want some things to be secret, but it feels to me like, again, all the major features are done and we just need to test out how that's going to work. Again, like I've said in the past, this is the biggest update to come to the game and it really will be. And in some ways I'm even adding a couple extra over fishing features to the game and try and addressing some people's longstanding critiques of certain aspects of the game. Um, uh, not huge critiques. Cause again, we've, we've addressed most of those already, but there's a little bit more to it than just fishing. Um, and it adds a, such a new component to the game that for me and people that like completing things and collecting things, I think you're going to like this. I really do. So it's going to give you a fun, you know, it'll give you something else to do in the game. And um, it's funny because my goals, and I'll talk more about this when the game comes out, but the goals that I set out to achieve and why we added fishing in the game, it's kind of weird. And we added so much to the game just to get this one thing to happen. And then we added so much more to it. So it's really fun. Can't wait for Travis and I to get into the to the to the bolts of it and help fine tune it. One of the things that we had to do originally when we were in um, hardcore development of Wyvern before it came out was make sure that, um, for instance, when you're fighting and that progression in the forest to leveling up felt seamless. Right. It felt like it made sense. And there are some levels that are harder to do than others and that kind of thing. Um, we spent a lot of time testing that. So um, that was um, painful sometimes <laughs> to do that. I've played the game so many times. Oh, my God. So I'm not looking forward to doing this testing. But, you know, I got to do it so you guys can have fun. So, Oh, it's, just, it's sometimes you just don't want to hit that button again but i'm gonna do it it's gonna be fun and i hope you guys like it that's that's all i got for the update i think all right yeah i'm looking forward to jumping in on that and doing some interface work for fishing and i've got another event coming up soon that i'm working on um in mid-march that will give you a few little bonuses like our you know previous holiday events this one is a little bit more tailored to the game world rather than being an analogy for a real world holiday. So we hope you like that. Yep. We're just continuing to push that lore, everybody. Oh yeah. Cheerful Ghost Radio is brought to you by CheerfulGhost.com and our theme music is by Creo. Make sure you head over to Cheerful Ghost to let us know what you think of the show and thanks for listening. <laughs>